Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Clearmotive Marketing. Thank you to my business partner, Chad Croker, and the entire team who worked tirelessly behind the scenes to make this show a reality. As a founding partner at Clearmotive, I'm excited to announce the official launch of our industrial marketing system. As a company with 15 plus years of experience with a variety of clients in nearly every sector, we identified that industrial manufacturing companies were underserved. You have unique needs, and we have developed a unique skill set to help you succeed. If you build and sell a product that helps other companies, we have developed an industrial marketing system to get your highest priority product in front of your ideal customer profile in less than eight weeks. Gardner recently reported that your buyers are 87% of the way through their buying process before contacting your company directly. That means it's never been more critical to apply the right marketing process to create and close more deals. Our three-stage industrial marketing system helps you shorten your sales cycle by using modern marketing tactics designed specifically for your industry and more importantly, for the way your clients like to buy. Stop sitting on the sidelines wondering which part of your marketing is working and put a system in place that makes it easy for your most valuable prospects to find you and get excited about your solution to their challenges. To find out more about what ClearMotive's industrial marketing system can do for you, please check us out at www.clearmotive.ca IMS, or better yet, open up your email and contact me directly at tyler at clearmotive.ca, T-Y-L-E-R. I'm excited to chat with you and put a plan in place to get your most valuable leads contacting you and not your competitors. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Collisions YYC with Alina Martin. Since recording this episode, Alina has let me know that she has stepped down from the role of CEO at Waitwell. She's being replaced by Steve Vandermeulen, who's currently in the COO role. Steve is stepping into the CEO role and puts the company in very good hands. Rather than not air this episode, we really want to give you a chance to hear as it's a fantastically inspiring story about another Calgary tech startup who's solving a major problem in our world. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to Miss Alina Martin. How are you doing, Alina? I'm great. How are you today? I am fantastic. We've been doing the typical Calgary like, oh yes, we've already met and we know 17 people the same and we have common ground and I, <laughs> I love it. I, this is the big, small, biggest small town I've ever lived in and uh, I grew up in a small town, so I say that with affection. I couldn't get away fast enough, but yet it's the thing I love the most. I do believe it is one of our superpowers here in Western Canada. You are CEO and co-founder of Waitwell. So let's jump in the collisions yeah. YYC um, pitch elevator. <laughs> it's not called a pitch elevator. I just let's, <laughs> The elevator where I ask you, hey, we've got X amount of floors. Tell me what Waitwell is all about and let's unfold this conversation from there. Yeah, super happy to talk to you about Waitwell. So Waitwell, uh, we'll be celebrating our second birthday here in July. Happy birthday. And, um, and uh, so our uh, founder, Shannon Vandermeulen, and uh, a couple of the other co-founders, uh, originally Waitwell was started to solve a problem. Um, you know, they, they owned a DMV or a registry and uh, COVID hit and there were lineup challenges and social distancing challenges. And, and she thought there's got, you know, people have their phone in their hand. There's, there's got to be, be a better, better way, way to do this. <laughs> got to be a better way. And looked at a couple of products on the market and said, you know what, this, um, I don't like what I see. And I think, I think we, can, we can do better. And so her husband happened to be a product developer. She took the idea to him, and as they say, the rest is history. And so um, I had the fortunate ability of meeting them uh, just over a year ago, and I do some local investing in the community, and uh, said, really love what you, you know, what you folks are doing, and uh, they invited me to come on board and help them build their so um, it's been great. So Waitwell really is, I always say Waitwell's kind of focused on two things. So first thing, we digitize service delivery. 
And people always say, well, what does that really mean? Like, tell me about what that, like, like digitizing service delivery. And I always say, well, we digitize workflow. We digitize service delivery. But it's really a two-sided coin. So um, the first part of that is the, the pain point that we feel as consumers, right? Like, who likes waiting in line? Nobody does. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, there's a better way to do it. And so we, we, do, we allow organizations to use their lineups in a digital manner, which then helps them work their operations. And so what exactly, when you, when you think, about, think about a customer service desk, and I'll pick on the DMV for a moment, where you get your driver's license. It could be 12 agents. Uh, you need to get registration for your car. You need to get your driver's license updated. Maybe you need a marriage certificate or a birth certificate. And those are individualized services. And when people go into an organization to receive that kind of service, the workflow that happens on the back end to make that happen is typically very analog. Right? It's fill out this piece of paper, take this piece of paper over here. Nobody knows how long it takes to do a service. Nobody knows you know, how long that person was waiting. Nobody knows what that person is there for. And that's what we do. We bring complete transparency into operations. We allow users to get through things like lineups better, quicker, and easier. We reduce staff stress. So instead of saying, why are there 50 people in my line? I don't even know why they're here. Um, we allow that, that one-to-one -one service delivery, <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. And we allow and we allow that one-to-one -one service delivery happen better. We allow the workflow to be streamlined on the back end. And so I always say, you know, we're we're not in the business of of restaurant queuing or or fixing lineup problems. We're not in that. We're we're here to help organizations streamline their workflow along with their customer. And so we're doing an exceptional job of that. Um, we're doing lots of work in colleges and universities. We're doing lots of work in public services. So if you think of municipalities, you know, we're doing work with recreation centers, helping them manage everything from pool capacity to, you know, rock climbing wall um, uh, lineups to, uh, you know, we're at the Telespark Center. So we're helping them manage all that workflow that's happening when you go into this Telespark Center and you go into all the activity centers. And so, um, you know, we're doing a really sort of broad, we're working with lots of customers. Um, we've got, we, you know, we're just, we're a startup. And so, you know, we've gotten really focused on what's our value prop, you know, and we're really here to sort of digitize workflow and service delivery and help organizations just deliver service much better and help them streamline their operations, help them scale better, help them, um, help them manage what's happening on their back end and help them manage, you know, the logistics of whatever it is that they're doing. That was an excellent elevator ride. I'm like, well, I have a million questions, but you've answered most of them at the same time. Well, very, very well done. Uh, two years uh, to your second year birthday, how much has this pivoted and morphed? And, you know, because obviously that was very well articulated and clearly there's been lots of time and there's probably been a whiteboard involved and some thinking through this to get yeah, to where we are. there's been lots of whiteboards. But no, no, that was the first, we started <laughs> yeah. with this. I'm like, mm, not usually. How's that journey been? Like just talking about the realities of like, oftentimes people look in from the outside and go, oh, wow, look at you. You've got it all figured out. Yeah, we didn't wake up that way. <laughs> we didn't get. We, I didn't roll out of bed looking <laughs> yeah. this good. I put some time into it. So talk to us a little. Talk yeah. to talk to us. Talk, talk to me. Talk to the audience. How many of my personalities are on the call right now? Um, how was that journey from like? Okay, we need to solve this lineup problem because maybe it was COVID and lining up was even problematic and layering it to really understanding. I love how you where you went of like, no, no, no. We're actually plugging into the business as a user. I don't have to wait in line. I love it. And when I get there, it might be a right. better process. But from a business you're like digitizing their workflow. That's an interesting, but sometimes also a bit of a scary, like, whoa, what do you mean? Like, we're, we have pieces of paper. Talk to me a little bit about that journey as you've guys kind of quote unquote figured that out as these two stakeholder groups yeah. played into your mind. The, the user, me, the consumer, but now this business and all of its nuance. 
Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think every business goes through an evolution, especially especially startup, right? I mean, there's 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 when you look at you know when you look at the evolution of how businesses are are sort of moving along, and I kind of use this up and down, and it 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 really is very true. So we started off as saying Waitwell's a queue management system and a queue management solution, and that's the problem we're solving. And then when we started to implement our product, and so the one thing. Um, there's a couple things. So we certainly have a deep competitive advantage when it comes to the technology that we've built. We built a very deep piece of technology that does everything from help you solve the simple lineup like we talked about mm -hmm. from Q management, all the way to understanding how should I staff my business, right? I have mm -hmm. a peak time every Tuesday from three to five. Why do I have a peak time? How do I solve that? Do I have a peak time because it's a certain uh, you know time of the calendar? Do I have a peak time because it's I don't have It's the 15th of the month or it's the first line. of the month or it, you know, there's right. other cycles that are influencing my lineup. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, and so we started with queue management, and then what happened is when the implementation of the product, and we started to do what I would say more complex implementations, and we started to see our product being used in a different way and started developing um, components of our product that said, okay, well, this is the problem that we're going to solve now. Workflow is really what we do. So how, how do we help them manage more workflow? And that comes from evolving with customers. That comes with asking really difficult questions. That comes from saying, okay, what is our competitive mode? How are we going to compete in the marketplace? How are we going to build a better product, a better company? And how do we create, I always say, the blue ocean strategy? You know, how do you create a blue ocean here? How do we do that for Waitwell? And at the, at the same time, how do we deliver exceptional value so that when people start to use Waitwell, they go, we can't live without this. And when organizations, and we've learned this, when they implement Waitwell and they implement a change to their workflow, it becomes incredibly sticky because all of a sudden we've solved a problem for them that has just been ridiculously painful for a long period of time in these organizations. And a lot of them are big, clunky organizations that could use a piece of technology, and we solve a very specific problem for them. And so I think when you, when you go in with an extremely open mind with your customer base, and you, we, I always call it customer discovery. Are you talking to your customers? Ask them the questions. You may think you have the problem solved, but you really need to understand how the product is being used. And once you understand how the product's being used, does that match or align with what you think it is that you do? And so there's a lot of like, and that's why a lot of businesses can't cross the chasm, right? They can't, they can't, they can implement and they can implement and then they just can't scale because I don't think they really truly know, you know, the problem that they solve or the value that they place or how they, you know, how they move from interest to desire. How do you, how do you get that person to buy, right? You have to be able to ask all those questions. Having an idea putting it out there and saying, I think I can solve the world doing X, isn't a business. It's an idea. <laughs> and you have to move, you have to move, uh, you know, through these things. I had a great uh, conversation in order to turn with, into a business. Um, do you know Claire, Claire Carrington? I don't, no. She's a fantastic entrepreneur and I really like Claire because she's very honest. And she says, Tyler, I fell in love with the problem, but I didn't really fall in Me love too. with my customer's <laughs> problem. So I would get in at the executive ah. level, but then, the, and this was a, a product used on, kind of out on the tarmac in, at the airport in Edmonton. She goes, but the guys and gals that are out there using my product weren't using it. But the executive loved my, you know, this has got a good footprint and it's ecological and it's all these things. <clears throat> but she goes, I didn't take into consideration the problems they were actually having. And she goes, until I fell in love with, sorry, my dog just went ballistic. Harley, take it easy. <laughs> okay. You were so good, probably from a dead sleep and a bird, how dare them fly by. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Or the squirrel yeah, yes. that probably is taunting them from the window. Yeah, probably. <laughs> when, the other day she was losing it. I looked outside and there was a cat literally sitting out front. I'm like, okay, it's not your fault. The cat was being a total yeah. asshole. <laughs> 
But she's not, you know, and she really was very like honest. She said, until I really fell in love with the actual person who was using my products problem, she goes, I just couldn't get traction. And then when we changed, we made a few changes and we asked the right people a, a very simple questions and we changed a couple of things on the way our unit functioned. Game changer. Because because it was their, I, I fell in love with a problem, just it wasn't their real problem. And I just appreciated the simplicity of that, you know, customer centricity. Yeah is going beyond and not what you think they need, actually finding out what they need. And I, I appreciate that. With, with Waitwell, because you've talked about so many different businesses from colleges to the... Do, can we call it the DMV in Canada? That feels like a US term to me you know, <laughs> for some reason. It does feel like a US... People are like, I don't the know DMV, why are we watching like, it? What's going on? Okay, the registry. I know. They call them registries. <clears throat> and and for in my mind, I, I just have DMV seared in it. I don't well, know Well, because we probably watch too many American movies because always like someone's going to the yeah, DMV trying right. to get a fake driver's license to do something. <laughs> I don't know. That's what, that's what I think of when you say DMV. Uh, are they like how different or similar are those? Cause you know, I look at a college and I look at a registry, I go, Oh, those are completely different. Maybe there, maybe there's lineups of people, but workflow and who they are and the level of administration, For sure. how's that part been? Like, was there certain verticals like the, the DMV? You got me now. I'm going to keep, I'm going to say DMV for now. Um, <laughs> it was like the DMV <laughs> was, this is where now. we're going to go and figure this out first. Or did you guys get also pulled in a few different directions and go, well, yeah, this college, this is something over here. We've got a relationship and maybe we can work with one instance and we can figure what they need. Cause that'll be consistent. And what was that journey like as you were looking to fall in love with different, similar problems, but in different customer segments? Yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll liken that to the wide net strategy, okay. which is you got to cast the net wide at first, right? You got to go, you got to pick up, I call it just picking up the gravel, right? You got to pick up any gravel or any revenue. Like you can't, revenue is oxygen, right? You don't have revenue, game over. So it's, <laughs> the math you, know, you is gotta quite pick simple. up You're all right. that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the math is very simple. So you go, okay, well, yep, we'll do the university. Yep, we'll do the DMV. Oh yeah, we're also going to do, you know, um, this retail location. Oh yeah, we're, you know, we're going to do all these things. And so what we started to learn is, um, the workflow problem is the same. The execution and delivery of it's a little bit different. Okay. And, you know, the really, the great part about Waitwell is we've built what we call sort of a customizable off-the-shelf solution. So the core functionality <laughs> of Waitwell, we have different modes of Waitwell, right? So if you've got this problem, we can solve that with the technology, just because the technology is so deep and it's so wide. And so workflow is what we're after, digitizing service delivery and workflow. And that's a very common thing, one-to-one -one service, whether I'm going to the DMV or the registry in Canada to get my driver's license updated or to get a new driver's license, or if I'm a university student in Colorado and I'm going to drop a course because I've decided I don't want to be a lawyer anymore, now I want to be a doctor, and I'm going to go and drop a bunch of courses it's still one-to-one -one service delivery. Uh, okay. And I so that the foundational it. principle is the same, right? How you execute and deliver that is very different. So in the example of the university, let's say the student is going to the registrar's office and they need financial aid. Well, they go to the registrar's office, they pick up a piece of paper, you know, Joey, you need to fill out this piece of paper and then you need to take it to the financial aid office and you need to talk to Julia over at the financial aid office and she'll help you. But what we do is instead of Joey handing that having that piece of paper, we can have a digital form. And then that ticket, once it's in the system, uh, they can move Joey from the, or from the student services office over to the student um, financial office digitally. They move him over there. He gets a text or uh, he's within our app. It says, Joey, you're third in line. Uh, your wait's 27 minutes. Your paperwork's already there. And so it's a two-stage, if you think of, you know, and at Waitwell, we can do one-to-one -one service delivery, which is A to B. We can do A, B, C, D, E. We can do A, 
skip B, go right to C, and go back to A. And that's what workflow delivery is. And that's maybe a bit of an oversimplification, but... Um, that's okay. We're in, po- we're in really podcast we land. Do. If we decide to go deeper, we will. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> so when I hear that, is this more... Would you put this in... These are playing, I'm playing buzzword bingo now. Digitization versus true digital transformation. Because it sounds like you're digitizing or certainly first foray is let's, let's take your what's now an analog process and digitize it. Versus when I think digital transformation is like, well, because of digital, we can now do it differently. And maybe I'm just also oversimplifying those two terms. It, is that a balance? Like, how do you guys think about that? Like, just for the sake of the, our chat. Yeah. So I would say, broadly, the answer to the question is yes in both categories. <laughs> yeah, it's not I feel you. Okay. <laughs> right? All right. Like, Please expand yeah. from there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, broadly, it's yes in both categories. One, we're digitizing an analog process. But what happens as a result of digitizing that analog process is you improve processes wholeheartedly. And so one of the one of the customers we're working on right now. Um, uh, large, and I, I can't talk about who they are, but um, large multinational um, customer, uh, we're helping them basically completely clean up their workflow behind the scenes. And there's a four-stage process right now. And I always liken it back to the fact of scaling. What's the number one rule in scaling a business? Well, the number one rule of scaling a business is understanding each step in order to scale. Because you can't layer, I always say, business is like a brick wall. You need to build a solid foundation and then you build brick upon brick. And if you don't do that in a way, your brick wall falls over. And so think of that like workflow, right? We're building their foundation right now. It was an analog foundation. Now we're digitizing that foundation. But what's going to happen as a result of that is they're going to start to understand what's happening when it goes from A to B then B to C. How long does that process take? Who touches that service? Why are they touching that service? Can we take a component of that out? And so you end up digitally transforming an organization when really you went in there to solve a simple problem, which is we have people all over the place. They're in lineups. It's absolutely chaotic here. We can't communicate with the customer well. And there's revenue associated to that customer. They're valuable. They're valuable to us. How do we deliver things better, not only for that customer experience so they come back, but how do we streamline our workflow so that our staff are more efficient? They're happier. You know, how do we make things better so we can scale our business so that we can grow? That's ultimately what I look at what we do. We help businesses grow in a way that they were unable to do that before. And we give them the power and the information to do that. Well, the power of, so, the old, yeah. you know, we need to change course. It's like, well, but I'm curious, which course are we on now? Well, we're not sure, but it's not working. You know, you don't, you're just a plane zigzagging around trying to find, you, find your way there. So I yeah. really appreciate this. You get a sense of optics of like, oh, now I actually know what's, what's not working. It's not the whole thing. It's actually just this one piece. We can just change that. Just this one piece. Yeah, which is, yeah. how about... Just the reality, and uh, this is what happens on the show. You become my de facto expert for everything because you're, you're sitting here across <laughs> from me. Um, we all know people love change, especially in big organizations, institutions that have been around for a long time, people that have been in a role for 15 years. They love doing things differently, as I say with a facetious tone in my voice. Change management, the human factor, like how has that been? Because you might have the best <laughs> technology in the world, but... If, if, if I don't, if, if Joe at the front desk or Ethel at the front desk doesn't want to do it, it's going to be a challenge. How's, how's that part been? And this is anybody who's trying to push a new idea into a world that this is the way we've always done it. Why would we do it any different? Even though I know it's totally screwed up (laughs) thoughts on that and how you guys have conquered that. (laughs) You know, um, so two, two parts to that. I would say the first part is, is that change management anywhere in any organization at any time, um, is always difficult. 
and how humans you, are yet involved. Some, <laughs> that's right. Humans are yet, you know, we're, we're involved. We have personalities, we have opinions, we bring our biases from our backgrounds with us and our past experiences. And well, I don't, you know, I don't like change. I, when I worked at blah, 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 you know, this happened and blah. Joe lost his job. And this then I happened. Lost my job. And Joe yeah, yeah, totally. was, that's right. And so it was a horror, it was a horrid experience. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we're I all victims say, of trauma in one um, way or another. <laughs> we're all victims of trauma in one way or another. And, uh, but I would say, you know, with Waitwell in particular, because I think we've, we solve such a defined problem, we haven't had a lot of workflow challenges. Like we haven't had a lot of change resistant okay, challenges. We certainly have had some, we've had uh, some, there's yeah. no doubt. Um, but I wouldn't say it's been, been massive across the spectrum. It hasn't been something we have not been able to overcome. And I think as we evolve and grow as a business and where we start to touch workflow in other areas of organizations, right now we're very specifically solving one piece of workflow. And it's usually a painful process anyway. People are like, ugh, we got all these people. It creates absolute chaos. Thank goodness you're here. We can solve this problem. We're delivering a bunch of happiness. Well, you, 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 and so you're a bit of a savior around a very known problem. You don't have to sell. A like, you very know, when you're trying known to sell problem. something, you have to try to convince the customer they even have the problem. That's a very different thing than like, oh my God, fix this as I look at chaos in the front of my business or in my auditorium or wherever, right. wherever I am. Mm. Yeah, like reduce the staff stress, right? And, you know, that's a huge problem. If you are a customer service representative in any organization and you are sitting behind your desk and you are servicing the public, I mean, let's be honest, dealing with the public is challenging. It's hard when you're it dealing is. with We're that all unique. eight hours a day, right? We're all unique. And so, you know, with that, staring at a hundred person lineup day in and day out, it's stressful being able to have a piece of technology that helps you manage that in a way that allows you to control that a little bit, you know, gives power to the people. And they love that part, right? It's like, oh, I'm working at the registry. I don't do marriage licenses. I see that, you know, XYZ person is here for a marriage license. I don't do marriage licenses. So actually, I'm going to take the ticket beneath that, which is a driver's license. And I'm going to help them with that. And we're going to move mm. the person that needs the, every, every, uh, the other service over wins. to the better desk. <laughs> everybody wins. It's that one-to-one -one service concept. Yeah. Oh, very cool. I, I appreciate it. And, and, as, you know, and land and expand. Once you're in, you've solved the problem. The conversation, well, what else can you do? I'm sure is part of the... the so from yeah. a, just talking, uh, so yeah. many now, we're, we're, just as a startup, like customer acquisition, how you guys have kind of gone to market with this? Has it been through relationships? Yep. Is it like, is there a sales team out there? Have you guys taken like more of a SaaS approach and kind of put out tons of content and really, really cool buzzy videos? You know, put on my marketing hat for a little bit. <laughs> Two years is a pretty short period of time, but it sounds like you're getting a lot of traction because you're identifying a very known yeah. problem. You don't have to explain to them that this isn't yeah. working. How's that been for you guys? And what's been the avenue you've taken to kind of get like, because you got to get customers to find out if you have fit. And once you have fit, then you can move from there. What's that part been yeah. for? Like what's worked and what hasn't maybe worked? Yeah. So why don't I start there? Kind of what, what, what's worked and what sort of hasn't worked. And so the thing that we are finding is working very well for us is really doing that, that one, I call it kind of the traditional sales approach. So that really one-to-one, -one, hey, you know, uh, VP of the Registrar's Office of University of Colorado, let me talk to you about this. You know, what are you doing in your registrar's office today? What are the, you know, what are some of the problems that you're having and how can we help you, how can we help you solve that? And really becoming an expert in that area, right? How can we, and you know, people use the term sort of research-based marketing and that's really becoming what I call a subject matter expert in the area. Whether you're speaking on topics, whether you're helping just produce content and say, hey, did you know that by dealing with challenging lineups, you can reduce what we call your balk rate by up to 60%, which is people leaving. And so being able to um, deliver that information and that value, and we're doing a very good job of that. 
I would say some of the other other kind of traditional strategies we use, like a you know a pay-per-click campaign online, and you know it worked mediocre. You know that was just sort of a mediocre strategy for us. And only being two years in, we are just right now we're just cracking what really does work and how and how we get that funnel in. Right. I look at marketing and sales in two capacities. I look at it as what we call MQL, which is marketing qualified leads, and I look at SQL, which is sales qualified leads. And 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 there's a, a ton of intersection. And if we can get really good at MQL, which is things like pay-per-click and research-based marketing and being in the right place in the right room at the right time doing those things, um, you know, we'll just continue to grow, I have no doubt. Um, and then, you know, having a, a functional and uh, forward-focused sales team that, that's heavy in the BD side, right? That you, you, can't, you can't beat having expertise yeah, This still in a needs room, to be sold, right? To other There's that, that old joke an insurance guy told me, he just goes, Tyler, nobody buys anything from me, I sell it to them. <laughs> As he said with some gusto and some swagger <laughs> of selling insurance for 30 that's years. Funny. <laughs> but I've carried it around. I was like, well, do people buy this or do you sell it to them? And I think they're, and it, not one is good or one is bad, but if you make the mistake of thinking, one is the other that's when you get into that's trouble right, right? <laughs> that's when you get that's when you get into trouble and so mm. you know this is a you know sales and marketing is really a function of the way the world is in some capacity right how are we buying products and services even when we're working in organizations how we bought products and services is foundationally different than how we bought products and services three even three years ago or pre-covid think of what happened to online shopping when covid hit right oh, it was always there yeah. you know it, people were always they were always doing it they just weren't doing it in the capacity maybe that they're doing it today and i think if you use the approach of what is happening in the market what are they telling us and what are the strategies that we can deploy that intersect with the, mar the way that the market is behaving today, then I don't see why we can't sell more products and services. Mm -hmm. But I think if we take the approach going, no, this is the way that we've always done it. No, we got to do BD by picking up the phone and calling all these people and that should work. And it's like, okay, well, is that how it's working today? What is happening in the market? If that's what's happening in the market today, great. Let's deploy that strategy all day long and let's use it. But let's be open-minded about how we approach Statistically, that. that is not working, especially in B2B, especially in the world of business-to-business -business Especially in B2B. You know, again, I, I love your site because you got. I'm, I'm on it right now. So if I appear distracted, it's because I'm on your site. So I think it's okay. I don't, I'm, not, oh. I'm not cheating on our call, <laughs> to be clear. I'm looking at your website. <laughs> You know, boom, reduced customer walkaway is 60%. Cut lines are like, when I looked when I looked at it, being a guy who gets drawn to numbers, yeah. as a lot of business people do, I'm like, oh, boom, boom, boom. You've clearly identified the things that matter. And there's nothing about these I look at that I don't immediately believe. But there's a lot of power in that messaging. I'm like, whoa, shit, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I want yeah. that. Okay, click, book a demo. <laughs> you know, at the most simplest yeah, level. But sometimes, it, you know, as a marketer, it takes a long time to get to those right numbers. Like competitive advantages that your customers actually back to our customers caring about the problem versus what we think they should care about. And lots of times as marketers, right. we mess that up. We get too caught yeah, on what we, we think they should care about. What is it that they actually yeah, care about? Yeah, well, there's about? no doubt. Or, or, we, or we get this lens on where we build a product and we, we go down this rabbit hole. And I've been there and I've made this mistake mm -hmm. where, you know, you build some sort of product and you say, well, this is what the market wants without doing a ton of customer discovery, yeah. right? And then you end up building, you know, I once built a product. I won't tell you how much money that it cost because <laughs> no, we'll keep that. We'll save that shame, involved. that shame to come. And <laughs> Mm, hang my head. And then we yeah. launched so it. So you learned a lot yeah, in that time. You learned a lot through that experience. Yeah. <laughs> learned, learned a lot. And, um, you know, we were fortunate. We, wait, well, went through CDL. CDL is oh, a, cool. yeah. a creative, creative destruction, destruction lab. lab. Yeah, I've had yep. quite a few people uh, on great. from CDL. That's awesome. Yep. Mm. Yeah, great program. And as a result of that, you get an MBA student. So we got a great MBA student, really analytical, really smart MBA student. And yes. um, tasked him with the project of saying, analyze the living daylights out of our data from a data scientist perspective and tell us hmm. where, you know, where there are intersections and 
you know, what are the abandonment rates and these sorts of things. And so we will, at some point, that will be um, digitized. Um, and, uh, you know, we want to build an analytics module and a variety of other things. But, um, you know, he came up with that and that was, it didn't cost us anything. We're a startup. Nope, we worked alongside that. him. He learned, we learned, you know, and. Uh, but you took the time to, to mine what you had or what was out there to turn it into something that was like exactly. an actionable, like, yes, I like, you got my attention now. You understand, you basically, yeah. what, what do we want as humans? You understand me. You understand my problem. <laughs> and then there's the hope that you yeah. can fix, help me, help me fix it. So. CDL, yeah. you start up two years. How's, what's the funding model been like for you guys? Have it been bootstrapped, seed, friends and family? Have people thrown uh, money at you because they love your ideas so much? <laughs> <laughs> I can always, that's always uh, a potential option. I don't know. <laughs> wouldn't that just be great? Um, the, certainly bootstrapped. We just finished uh, raising a bunch of capital. So we just closed uh, what I would call basically our seed round. Okay. Uh, just did that. And we've got uh, quite a bit of run right here, which is great. Uh, uh, several really great investors uh, on our cap table, uh, particularly a really good investor group from Montreal, actually. Um, really sort of uh, pivotal investors out there that really believe kind of in the vision of what Waitwell is building. And so lots of, will we go out for another raise at some point? That's hard to say. You know, we'll, we'll see what uh, top line revenue does and what we're able to do from a customer acquisition standpoint. But, um, you know, we've got solid footing underneath us right now, a really strong team. And I have no doubt that, uh, you know, the next 18 months will be nothing but execution and customer acquisition. And uh, I think it'll be really good. Curious, and I have to ask, because this is a Calgary-based yeah. show. Um, you said a really strong funding partner out of Montreal. Any interest or any mm -hmm. activity in the Calgary kind of venture community? Yes. Good. Yes. Good. So, I'm glad to hear that. Because if not, I'm going to be like, listen, people, say, why is no one paying attention to what's happening right here in our own town? Yeah. I would say there are several people on our cap table, uh, very influential Calgarians, um, really believe in the vision mission of Waitwell. And um, yeah, I can't wait to introduce them all when all our yeah, when all paperwork that, is that all is, done and all fantastic. those things. I'm yeah. hearing too many stories about amazing companies in Calgary that didn't even get a call back from Calgary investors. And there's been a few of those, you know, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, a couple like you know, and these were established. They weren't even startups. These were like a you know a, a fifteen year and a forty year. Just decided to go for a for a funding round and didn't get a call. And this was a sixteen million and a twenty five. I won't get into names. And I've had them both on the show, yeah. so I guess I can talk about it. it was Helsum and Avanti, the two two guys I know the CEOs of both companies, yeah. and they both had to get money from out. One was, both were Toronto, and then I think was a follow along out of, out of New York. But you know, one specifically, and I can't speak to Helsum, but. David said in the show, like, I didn't even get a call back from a Calgary investor. And that was on a 40-year business that was scaling with amazing uh, MRR, uh, ARR, and like all the numbers. And I was like, what is going on here? And it's just a, it's a quest I'm on to figure out the gap a little bit. I think it's just new and maybe uh, not comfortable with certain kind of classes of venture invest investment. But I don't know. There's certainly no lack of money in this, in, in this province that we, we both sit in. <laughs> yeah, I, it's true. I, you know, from my, just from my lens, you know, from what I see, because mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, Wait well, um, you know, we raised capital fairly quickly. Um, we raised exactly, you know, sort of what we needed. Uh, you know, I, we had a bit of traction, so I think that's always, that's always really helpful. Uh, I just think part of it is lack of understanding of how you build technology in Alberta. I don't, people go, that's a great idea, but people don't understand that, you know, technology businesses scale very differently than, an, than another kind of, then let's say like a, uh, I'll just pick on a service-based HVAC company. Okay. Scales very differently than that. They're not, they're not, it's not better, it's not worse. That was a it very specific comparison, by the way, service-based HVAC. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was like, what's like a, yeah, like it's a very, right? They're two different things. Yeah, they're no, just two different it, things. One isn't better than the other. It's, but my just comfortable, my comfort I, level with one versus the other changes, the, the, like defines the better, right? Doesn't mean it is, but it's just yeah, uncomfortable. That's right. We have a province yeah. that drills, that throws money at drilling holes in the ground in the hopes it'll work out. But we got really comfortable with that because it worked out enough that's that right. it was worth taking the risk, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's part of the challenge. Um, I think part of the challenge is, is being able to tell your story well as well, right? Like being, how do you storytell? Like, are you, are you able to um, convey your message across clearly? Uh, you know, there's a couple of organizations here now in the city that, um, you know, there's a couple, there's two guys that I met, I don't remember their name off the top of my head, I'm going to say about a year ago, and they were helping organizations build pitch decks and saying, how can we help you get your story clearer? Because when you get in that room, you've got like 10 minutes worth of their attention. How do we, how do we get your message across in that 10 minutes that they go, I want to learn more, right? And people always try and go in with all these details with investors and they try and go, too much, too much, it's trying too much, to go for the right? kiss too you soon on the, the first date. Just go for the handhold. Just, just, 100%. just, just get them to say just, they want to go on a second date. <laughs> that's, that's it. Just get yeah. them to go on a second date. And so I think, well, that, you know, you know are you investor ready is yeah. such a, I, I, I stuck my head in on the, uh, one of the panels yesterday at, at adventures yesterday, this will be in the future, but it was the yesterday today. Um, and they talked about yes. that like, so, and that Shelly Kuypers was there. There's a few other people there from, you know, really recognizable, you know, thought leaders around town, especially what they're doing with the 51 and, and so much of it is about education, education, and understanding. And so many founders, like amazing yeah. founders, that maybe aren't investor ready, and they go down that road, which eats up a lot of time, and they get a lot of rejection. But your point, the story wasn't ready yet. Let alone, did you have your back end yeah. and your data room and all those things? You know, besides that. But yeah. if you don't have the story, the rest kind of doesn't matter, right? You're not. If you don't give me a reason to look, it's like good, it's like good design. Well, I made you look, but now that you're looking, what am I actually telling you that's got some impact and some value? Yes. Mm -hmm. What am I actually telling you? And it's delivering the right, not only the right message, but also the right metrics. Right? Like, sure, we all, is this a billion dollar industry? Sure. But I don't want to hear about why you're going to capture, you know, necessarily 80, you know, 18% of a billion dollar industry. Tell me what it is that your product you does better. You don't have product. Tell me you how you not even it. have product market fit yet. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, exactly. Yeah. All those, all those things. So, and that's, that's just hard to do as a new entrepreneur. You know, I was a new entrepreneur many, many years ago. And as a new entrepreneur, you just, you just don't know what you don't know. And, and there's and only one way okay. to find and out often is to trip and fall on There's only one way to but I feel that, you know, as, as just from starting the show a couple of years ago, the amount of conversations and the amount of energy around the startup ecosystem, however you want to define that and the tech, the tech space and the amount of money floating around, it's, it's moving really. I was talking to, I was on a panel with, uh, Niraj Gupta from, uh, Atabotics. And he said, you know, oh, yes. I've like, he goes, I've lived in Silicon Valley and I've lived in Sweden. I've lived in, in India and seen all these, he goes, you know what it took those, he goes, we're behind, but he goes, what I saw them take five years to do, I think we're going to do in three. And I, I thought that was a really nice, like, okay, I can, that's a really easy, I can get that. And he, and he gave some more substance to it, but really talked about the pace of acceleration and the collaboration of what's happening in our ecosystem. And yeah, we're, we're going to catch up fast and we're going to get there quicker than maybe some of those other markets that are now world renowned for what they are able to produce from a startup and kind of an investor ecosystem. And I, pre I appreciated sure. the, his just acknowledgement of, because I came here for a year and that was four years ago and I'm staying because of that opportunity. And when it's somebody that can really pick up and take their skill set, their network and their portfolio Tangible. anywhere, I, I, there's some weight behind that for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that honestly, in my experience over the last uh, couple of years in particular, from an investment standpoint, is the community is really open. Yeah. You know, investors are really open. They're, they're, they're real. And, and the ones that aren't are the ones that don't like your business. That's okay. I, I mean, you're going to get, you're going to get a hundred no's before you get one yes. And, and, you know, raising capital is like selling it's exact. You're just you're selling. Yeah, there your is business, a, it is right? a bit it's of a numbers game too, thing. right? You got it. The funnel at the top is this yeah. big, and the bottom is this big, and it's just as long as you're you learning in every step of that funnel, then you, then hopefully you can narrow yeah. one and increase the other or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> to exactly. Over, to, to completely oversimplify that whole process. 
Yeah, like, and people talk to people, right? And it's, <laughs> you talk to one investor and say, hey, do you have somebody else that I could talk to? You know, you guys are going to input X number of dollars, but we're looking for, you know, whatever the number is, $5 million. And do you have anybody else that you can uh, refer to or anybody else we can talk to? And it's not being afraid to just, just say, listen, I need help. Like, I need help here. Where are the areas that I need help? And just being honest and open about it. And you will find the right mentors, the right investors, the right people. Um, you, you know, you'll find all those people if you ask the right question. And I think a lot of the time I, I see a lot of entrepreneurs, they're just afraid to ask. And I'm always like, just be blunt. Like, no, nobody gets mad if you're blunt. No, nobody says, you know, if they go, well, I don't agree with you. Okay. <laughs> like, you don't agree with me it's okay like we don't need to we don't need to beat around the bush like let's just be blunt here like do, well, do you Lena, want to you're speaking my, my love language for sure <laughs> i find in western <laughs> canada we're not always direct as we can be i grew up in the east i grew up in montreal where you, blunt wasn't an option it's just how people communicated when i moved out here i struggled a bit i was like oh people don't like direct conversation here this isn't this is not working out for me <laughs> i had to cur curtail my direct enthusiasm for like just tell me how it is or if you know if you're not happy with something i'm doing for god's sake just tell me and i'll change it or just or i won't just tell we'll me. Go, we we'll go separate right. ways, right? Like we don't have to. We don't have to agree. Like we're, you know, blunt talk isn't about agreeing. Blunt talk is just about being blunt. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and, and like, there's nothing more we need we to say about that. Boom, and pound the gavel on the table. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, it's funny. We used to have this thing. Um, I used to have this little saying. I still use it sometimes, where I always say, if you have to have a difficult conversation, you say, we got to have some straight talk. And we call it straight talk. And, you know, it's not about debating the straight talk. It's, it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's just about the straight talk. And, and um, I think if we have the courage to have more straight talk, I think we'd get further faster. I just pictured you and I standing at the back of a pickup truck with our foot up on the tailgate going, okay, we need to have some straight talk right now. <laughs> just to bring the Alberta, <laughs> the Alberta backdrop from, from the... <laughs> We need to have a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I do love straight talk as well. And maybe, maybe my next podcast, because God knows I need to do another podcast. I think I'm just going to call it straight talk, which I'm sure is already out there because somebody's doing it. It's not a new concept. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's stop talking about, yeah. let's stop talking around the thing and actually talk about the thing. And just talk about the thing. Yeah. yeah. And then usually it's, uh, the monster gets a lot smaller when you, when you address it. But um, anyways, uh, Alina, okay. thanks so much. I feel we could just segue into another two hours of our philosophy on, on good, direct, effective communication. But thank you so much for coming <laughs> on the show, sharing, uh, you know, some of the bruises and some of the bumps, but also more importantly, the story. Because first things first on this show, I want someone to listen and go, huh, I didn't know that was going on here. Hmm, maybe I'm going to look into it. But I think we went a little bit deeper and gave a few lessons and a few perspectives with so much movement around our startup community right now. We're all learning and we're all learning together. And I do think Calgary has a pretty good ability to learn from each other. Like that is one of our superpowers. I will, I will stick to that one. There is no doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt. But startup scene right now, there, there is no better time right now than to start a technology company in the province of Alberta. And if you've got an idea, put it together. And I don't think you would have, like, maybe you would have, but I wasn't hearing that two or three years ago. Like that is the, like, that, that's a now no. statement that you just made. I love that, <laughs> that you is made it. I'm going to cut that and it, put it right at the beginning of the show. So be like, boom, I'm going to listen to this episode because <laughs> if this is what you guys are talking about. But yeah, that is very much real. And you talked about adventures and being it's a platform real. last night. I love giving shouts out to everything yeah. that's going on. I'm a blatant promoter of other people's success. A thousand people at the Platform Calgary event. I met Terry a few years ago and had him on the show. And that was just an idea. We're going to do this. It's now there. It's a real yeah. thing when you drive by. It's amazing. And that's happened in a relatively, yesterday, it took 20 years to get there, but it only took a couple of years to actually happen, right? Mm. Like yesterday, the energy was not only palpable, it was so loud in there. There were so many people doing so many pivotal things in the city, in this country. Um, it is really just 
refreshing to see. You know, I saw people I haven't seen in three years, you know, pre-COVID, people I hadn't seen, people I just caught up with. And, you know, it was, this is the place to build, to build companies. And what we now need to do is focus on getting more talent. And yep. that's, that's a whole which, other, which we, we can are, talk about that for a long time. getting better. I've heard some yep. stats that are actually like, it is, yep. it is dire, yep. but at the same time, I'm hearing some positive trends in terms of just even retention for students and things like that. Like those yep. numbers aren't, are, are getting better just to give the, yeah, the they're getting better because we're building different companies than we we're, were giving people a reason to come here. It's not that complicated. We're giving people a reason to come, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I mean, our, it's, it's affordable and all those, I mean, we could talk for hours well, as about we all are, of yes, these we things, can, but yeah, <laughs> as we are obviously doing. Everybody but, come um, here. It's awesome. Uh, trust me. It's awesome. Yeah. Everybody come here. It's great. It's a beautiful blue sky day. I think it's gonna be 20 degrees out. Come on. It's like we, we, the quality of life here is at a level that is, is hard to compete. And I love all parts of Canada, but I got, I got my biases and it is Calgary and it's certainly Alberta for sure. Yeah, me too. There's, I, I love building business here. This is a great community. Um, I've had a you know phenomenal 17 years building. I was building technology before technology was even a <laughs> before thing. Before technology here. was cool. And yeah, before technology was even cool. Feels like I you know I, I've been doing it 17 years, and I think to myself, gosh, I feel really old. But it's it feels <laughs> like we're just we're just breaking through on something new. It's experience. Experience. Yeah, it's experience, experience. And um, yeah, I've just been grateful for the trajectory that the city has given That's me awesome. and um, built some really great stuff. So. Uh, if anybody, well, uh, waitwell.ca, super easy to find. You guys have a great website, clear yeah. to the point, doesn't mess around, which I place huge value in. Please don't waste my time and get me to the point of what matters, which your website does really well. Um, if anybody wants to reach out and get a hold of you or have a chat, what's, what's the best way? Mm-hmm. Uh, best way is actually, you can email me. Um, LinkedIn, find me on LinkedIn. Okay. Shoot me a message on LinkedIn. It's probably the absolute easiest way. Alina Martin. Uh, you can also email me at amartin at uh, waitwell.ca. And uh, you can always always call always call me as well. But LinkedIn is always great. I love LinkedIn. I'm using LinkedIn more these days than yeah. I've used it's, in, it's, in it's years. It's become my go-to. Easy to find people. It's become my go-to. Uh, emails don't end up in junk. Uh, we can exchange emails there, and uh, it's just always. It's good the one social media so. platform, and, and this is just my own kind of joke. Like, I don't feel like I wasted my time by being on it. Like I'm like, oh, I just spent five minutes on Instagram. I'm like, ah, oh, throw the phone across the room. But I'm like, oh, LinkedIn. I'm, these are people I know. I'm interacting. I'm seeing their ideas. I'm seeing what's happening. I'm seeing that Alina was at this event. Yeah. Like I don't know. There's something about it. It's I think it's found a really interesting place for itself. It is still a social media platform, but it does it in a way that just doesn't feel as quite as trashy as some of the others. That's <laughs> to be blunt. Yeah, and I, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact we talk about meaningful things on LinkedIn, right? Like LinkedIn, wow. LinkedIn is wow. meaningful. Wow, seems like, like so novel, such a novel idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, it's so novel, right? Like you know, Instagram, we're watching you know videos of people falling off the sides of boats into lakes. Like that's what we do on Instagram. Like it's you know, it's just Fair these enough. little you, snippets. If you got any real winners, you can send me those later. I'm told, I'm not against it. <laughs> <laughs> My sister-in-law, we have we have a funny video thing we do every day, nice. oh, and uh, I sent her an absolutely brilliant one of a guy falling in the mud this morning. So it's, uh, that, that's what <laughs> it's from for. the Three Stooges yeah. on. We love watching other people hurt themselves. <laughs> Sadistic <laughs> bunch we are, so but LinkedIn's a little more about straight <laughs> yeah. talk. So we'll stick we'll stick with the straight talk theme. I, I, I yeah. love it. Agreed. Lena, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Yeah. It was great to get to know you a little thanks bit better. Me. And uh, congratulations. And uh, let me know if there's anything I can do to support Waywell. I've been happy to do it. Mm. Yeah, thank you so much, Tyler.